The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have exhorted anything from any one, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. The smallness of us compared to God and the universe is sometimes just too much to fully comprehend. And yet, God's Word attempts to illuminate that for us because God's Word, if we accept as true and without error, um, really gives us fact statements. It gives us truth statements. So we think about this going back to that first reading of wisdom. The fact that there's this comparison being brought up about a grain of seed on a balancing scale or even a drop of dew in the spectrum of the universe. And let's just keep this in mind. The universe is still to this day, to our knowledge, expanding. It's getting bigger. And we're just, we're just kind of here. If in this vast, massive ever-growing bigness, God makes these statements, then how much does he care for us? So here's just a few of them. The mercy of all is because, the reason mercy exists and the reason that mercy comes from the Lord is because God can do all things. God is not limited or um, put in like a box. Also, God chooses to overlook our sins so that we can actually come to repentance. Now, that doesn't mean that he's like, okay, like your sins aren't bad. Like, it doesn't mean like, okay, I don't care about your sins, but he overlooks the sin because the sin does not identify us. But he allows for there to be the gift of repentance because he loves everything and everyone. And he loathes nothing that he's made because everything he's made is good. Another point is that we remain, we continue to exist, we continue to be because God wills it. At the, at the word of God, creation happened. And at the word of God, creation could cease. But because he loves and desires us, loathes nothing, we remain. Within that element, then, we consider the fact how 
his spirit is in all things. So his spirit's in me, he's in you, he's in the neighbor across the street, he's in the person who doesn't know how to drive their car at night on a two-lane road who's going 40 miles an hour when it's 55. Personal experience last night. (laughs) But the spirit is in that individual. And lastly, this is just from that first reading, God does rebuke offenders. He does call us out, out of love, and warns us and reminds us of the wrongs we've made so that we can choose to abandon that wickedness. We can choose him over the sin. Okay, that's a lot to comprehend, amen? That's the first reading. I got two more to go through. Strap in. All right, second, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. There's just a beautiful line there where it says, um, we, that, that Paul, in the, in the letter, he says, like, we're praying for you to allow God's purpose to be fulfilled through you and through us. And there's another point that Paul says he's actually combating in that time. He's combating um, doomsday prophets. <laughs> so the prophets who are trying to say, oh, the end of the times are coming. And Paul's like, well... Second coming looks like this, this, and this, and it's not here, so calm down. And that Paul's trying to do a lot of stuff there, but the same at this, in, the, in the gravity of it, it's the reminder that God has a purpose and a plan that he's attempting to move through us. So go back to that first reading, the vastness and the bigness of the universe and our little speck, and yet God is saying, I have a purpose for you. The part about the doomsdayers is an interesting one because that's not really a new problem. There's always been someone who takes, you know, interpretation of Scripture and says, oh, this is, or interpretation of the world, and said, this is the end of the world. Like, how many times is the world supposed to end the last decade? Like, four times? I don't know. I remember the whole 2012 Mayan calendar thing. Clearly, that didn't work out. But, there's, that's always existed. So, Here's an important thing to consider. That does not mean we don't read Scripture. And that does not mean that we don't have the ability to interpret and receive God's Word in Scripture. What it does mean is, when I pray with Scripture and I hear God's Word, I need to take time to discern it, to put it in spectrum, like, uh, or, or, uh, yeah, comparison, like, context. That's the word I wanted. Context. So if all of a sudden, like, we're reading through Scripture and you get to, like, one verse in the Old Testament that says God is bad, you have to stop and think. Is that, like, what do they mean by this? Because we know in every other spot that that's not, like, truth. There might be a point that's trying to be made, so context is important. So we discern what we read and what we hear, and then we talk about it. We share it. We have conversations. Hey, this is what I got out of it. What did you get out of it? I didn't get that at all. That's amazing. Consider that, that new thought. And then lastly, the ability to like, keep learning, to, to allow God's Word to effectively change me. Okay, that's the second reading. Ready for the gospel? I know, it's a lot. So the gospel today of Zacchaeus awesome passage. Love it. If you want to make a short joke, I totally relate to Zacchaeus. It's totally fine. That was a joke. Man, 
All right, bad dad jokes. <laughs> also a joke. Moving on. This passage is so, they're all rich, but this is a great passage to practice uh, a form of prayer called Lexio Divina. I've talked a little bit about this. It's just a fancy word that means divine reading. And there's ways to do uh, the reading of the scripture. Ignatius in particular, St. Ignatius, has a very imaginative way that he offers to people. So you read it, you meditate with it, you contemplate what's going on, and you respond. There's a lot of fancy Latin words. We won't get into that right now. There's also just the ability to read through a passage, look for a line that maybe stands out, hold on to that line and say, all right, this is what I think it means, this is what I'm getting out of it, and then asking God in prayer, like, God, what are you trying to share with me in this? That's a, that's a way to pray with Lexio, to re- pray with Scripture. But let's just consider some, some ideas. The one thing about Lexio that's really good is it's supposed to put us in the, put, 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 us in the scene. You say a word so often like it loses its meaning. Put, put. Anyway, it allows us to be in the scene. Okay. Ideally, we probably end up being Zacchaeus. That's usually what works out best. But you could be a person in the crowd. You could be somewhere else. You could be overlooking the scene. Okay. So let's just consider a few things. Zacchaeus has this very strong desire to see Jesus. Has never met him, has only heard about him, and says, I want to see him so badly. I want, I want to encounter him. Okay, that's good. But I can't see him through this crowd, so I'm going to go to this drastic length. I'm going to climb this tree. All right, cool. As Jesus is going by, this is the thing that got me. So I've prayed with this passage numerous times a year for multiple years. I've taught people how to pray with this passage and one of the times I was teaching someone, they were walking me through it, and they brought up a point I had never considered in like the first four or five years of reading this passage. Now it's just like, duh. We're going through reading it, and Jesus is walking along. He gets to the point where he can, he's looking up at the trees of kids, and the person said, Jesus looked through the leaves. And I thought, what? There's leaves in the tree? What? I never considered that. Like, I don't know why I didn't, but I had never contemplated the idea that not only is Zacchaeus up there trying to like peer through like, where's Jesus at? Trying to find him. The fact that Jesus, when he looks, sees through the obstacle and still sees sees Zacchaeus and then calls him by name. Like, Jesus never met Zacchaeus before either, but God knows us by our name. And so he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I need to do something with you. Let's put Zacchaeus in perspective. He's a, you know, chief tax collector. And maybe we all have our feelings about the IRS right now. I don't know. But let's put in some context of who he he would be in modern society. He would have been a drug lord or a sex trafficker. That's how evil he was, or disliked. And Jesus says, you, Zacchaeus, by name, come here. I'm staying at your place. What? So when the people start grumbling, like, how could Jesus, who we know to be this good, holy Messiah, go stay with that dirt bag? I almost said a bad word, but I didn't. 
<laughs> Stay with that guy. Here's the thing. When Jesus goes to be with sinners, he changes the sinner. Sinners don't change Jesus. So he comes down, he gives Zacchaeus this invitation, he gives him this purpose, second reading, in the massive vastness of the universe, identifies him by name, first reading, and calls him to conversion. Because the Spirit's working. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. Whose head's just like swimming right now? Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. The point is this. We are not going to be able to take the amount of God's Word in the, in the 15 to 20 minutes that we receive it in the Sunday Mass and, and be able to comprehend everything and be like, all right, I'm good. I'm going to go home and go about my day. No. We need to allow this Word to be carried with us out when we go and to continue to meditate. And so the challenge for today, this whole thing, the reason I went through all those details is to, one, identify and highlight the fact that God has a lot to say. And there's a lot to chew on. But I can't do it all in this, like, one little moment. So the task is to go home and to reread the scriptures. To, to practice this whole Lexio Divina because God wants to speak to us. God is speaking to us. Whether I recognize it or not, but, you know, if, if those are all the things that I pulled out in, like, the, the time that I took. I, get, I bet there's way more and a whole vastness difference. One of you might come back and say, Father, I was praying with that first passage, and I thought about this, and I was like, I never contemplated that. So that conversation that we just had illuminated something for me from your prayer and discernment and time with him. In the same way that my discernment and time in prayer can illuminate something for you through conversation. Like that's, that's the beauty of the word, that it's alive and working and moving, and that we can be receptive of different things. So to recognize, and, and we'll just take this home for, for Zacchaeus, for the gospel. To recognize God wants you. And God loves you. And God desires you. Wherever you're at in your life, whether you believe in him, whether you don't believe him, whether you, you fully accept him, whether there's things that are challenged by, God does want you. And has called you and claims you and, and, and loves us. I love the fact that Zacchaeus desired so much to look for him. And if we can have that similar desire to want to seek him out, it may not always be easy to see him. If the leaves are in the way, it might be kind of tricky. But the effort's being made. And at some point, God's going to say, You, like your name, Come here, I, I have something I want to do with you. That's just remarkable. So we want to go back. We want to pray again with the scriptures. We want to continually re-examine and, and contemplate and discern what is being spoken to me. And to do it more than in the little segment of time we have on a Sunday. To do this daily is good because it changes us. Because God words, God's word uh, is Jesus. And he came for us. He came for all of us. So we just want to take some time to reflect, to consider. Um, but to go back 
to give him some time just to pray and, and to pray about the tough stuff. To pray about the stuff you're angry about, the stuff that you're saddened by, the stuff that's really difficult. To pray about the stuff that brings you joy. Like, all of that conversation with God is good and necessary. We just have to take the step. So that's our invitation. To go back, to be with God's word, to recognize that there's a lot he has to say. And it doesn't have to, we, we do it in pieces, we do it in little bits, day by day. Because he's called us. It's already happened. Are we ready to accept the invitation?